Good morning, everyone. We're going to be learning in honor of the, the birth of Joni's daughter, who just got a name a few minutes ago, Shira Chaya Emuna. Wow. Shira Chaya Emuna Pollock. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Very, 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 very special. Very special. She should be blessed to greet Mashiach. We also just, we sent out yesterday, notice about, um, I'll, whoever needs to see it, I'll send it out to you again, but we opened up the registration, the official registration for the women's trip to the Ukraine, which, which is, yeah, I'll send it out today, which is happening in February. And we, there was a, th- these things which are, I don't even have to explain, Bemet. It's not that I don't have to, I don't, I don't know how to explain the power of these trips. And these, the women's trips are very, um, they, they get filled up faster than usual. So uh, just putting it out there. There's already a lot of people that pre-registered online. That doesn't mean they're going to, you know. And it actually, nothing means anything because Hashem can decide the whole world will turn over tomorrow and everywhere in the world is red. However, if that's not the situation, so we'll be going February 7th, okay? How many spots are there? Um, we didn't decide yet because it really depends on a few factors in the size of, yeah. The, this last men's trip was a, somehow it was like a perfect, besides two guys that got detained when we landed <laughs> and spent 13 hours in the airport in Borisbol only to turn around that night back to Israel. It's crazy. That's, don't worry, that won't happen to you. That was a different story. But probably, I mean, I would say, I would say about 25. Does our show have priority? Our show always has priority. <laughs> Our show always has priority. So that, that's happening February 7th. Okay. Um, you could pick a warmer month. What's that? You could pick a warmer month. No, Dafka not. It's not like that, actually. What? Why? Because we, we could discuss it. We'll, we'll discuss okay. a different time. It's um, very cold now. Yeah. We'll, dis- we'll discuss, we can discuss details at a different time about that. But anyway, I want to go back. I want to go inside the text. And uh, yeah, in honor of in honor of Shira Chaya Emuna, it's a very what a name, what a name, Shira Chaya Emuna. Okay, what what happened? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just so you should know, just everyone in here should know who the, this baby, this precious baby, is named after. One of one of the greatest people I ever knew in my life. That's the truth. Joni's sister, Alaa Shonam. Was what Shira was one of the most special, precious souls I ever knew, and that anyone that knew her could, would say the same. And um, it's a schut of anything to do with that, with, with 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 Joni and her family. Okay, we are going into right now the the heart of this teaching, which we began last time. Interestingly enough, I'm not going to point out on any people, but many of you wanted to talk about last week's shear. And that's because, obviously, it's touching, it's touching the core of something that we're all dealing with all the time. And that is pachad, fear. And what the, what the gather of healthy fear is, as opposed to unhealthy fear, these, this is going to raise, like it did last time, this is going to raise to the surface a lot of different things. And we spoke about this a little bit last week, about the concept of how do I know if the fear that I have is, is there as a healthy preventative measure to not go and do something that perhaps maybe isn't for me or that I shouldn't do? And with, with, with the beautiful Ashgach of the world, you all know that uh, today's Yudbet Tevet, right? So two days ago was Asar Tevas, yeah? So two days ago was Asar Tevas. And Asar Tevas is Rabbi Nassim Braslaver's Yorzeit. And today we're going to be seeing something that happened at the end of Rabbi Nassim's life and regarding the, the, the limud of, of uh, how lo lefached, or your eternachon lo lehit pached, not to make yourself, not to make yourself too scared. One thing I want to remind, remind you from last time is that whenever I decide to come closer to Hashem, whenever I decide to do something that will bring me closer, that I believe will bring me closer, it's not just that the Yetzirah is there to try and you know, convince you not to. There is this pachad, and we spoke about this last time. Who will show up on the other side? What will I look like? When I go to that shul, when I come out of there, what am I going to look like, right? When I do that thing, when I take that thing on, it's like I have all these thoughts dancing around in my head 
that they all have to do with the unknown. And the unknown generally generates this big figure of pachad. It would be such a beautiful thing if we could do something with the unknown. Now the unknown, you should know. The illusion that we live in is that we think things are known. For instance, mm-hmm. does anyone here know what's going to happen to them in the course of this year or right after? Mm-hmm. No one knows anything. This is, the, this is not a chiddush. This is the design of this world. This is the DNA of this world. But however, the unknowns in life generally mount up as this building of pachad. But if I remember that this is the way Hashem created the world, it cannot be that the natural state of the way God created the world is supposed to bring into my life pachad, fear. It can't be. Let's think about it. The way Hashem designed the world is that you never ever know anything about what's going to be. If that's the emet, and we know that it is, how could that be, how could that be designed by Hashem to instill, how could the proper way to respond to that natural state of being be pachad? It can't be. Which means there must be this thing that we have to look into the eye of it and be like, I'm calling you out, Mr. Unknown. This is unknown. Unknown. Remember the Torah I've shared so many times from of Ginsburg. There is a statement which we have no idea where it is. Ein simcha ke which means there's no greater simcha than when you resolve something that's a little bit in doubt. Like if in, in a halachic dispute, when they're going back and forth, I don't know what the answer is, I don't know what the answer is. And then finally there's this resolution of what the answer is. It's a great simcha. Why? Because you removed the suffix from the world. It says Rev Ginsburg, the greatest simcha in the world, though, is not when you removed suffix from the world, because there's no such thing as removing suffix from the world. God created the world in a state of, I have no idea what's going to be. So Rav Ginsburg taught, Ein simcha kehatara, when you matir yourself to live in a world of unknown, and it doesn't freak you out. That's the greatest simcha in the world. That you've kind of called it out, you realize what it is, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't grab hold of your being. Ein simcha kehatara tasvekot, there's no greater simcha then when you matir, that means when you permit yourself, like a heter, right? Mm-hmm. When you permit yourself to live in the natural, in the way God designed the world, basically, mm-hmm. that none of us ever know what's going to be. There, there's a field of therapy called act, you know, acceptance and commitment therapy. Mm-hmm. And SEO is still Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. What's it called in Hebrew? <laughs> you know? It's here in Eretz Yisrael? Oh, you said, oh. Oh, it's, oh wow. 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 That's amazing. Open up the second page, Kuf Lamed He, on the bottom of the page. It should be the back of the first page that you have. Tzavat Moreno Reb Nassim. Al-Loef Veloef Chad. This is Reb Nassim's will. Remember, this is like Reb Nassim died um, in the middle of the 19th century in Breslov, and it was an Arab Shabbos, and this is Eser Abetevis. This is right before that previous Shabbos. B'Shabbat HaAchrona L'Chaim Moreno Reb Nassim, Parashat Miketz, Haya Kvar Chalush Me'od. His last Shabbos, he was so weak. Afal Pichin, Hitgaber Ve'amar Be'et Suda Shlishit, Halacha Achat Milukut Ha'alachas Lifnei Anshe Shlomeinu. Nonetheless, he gathered up his strength and he gave over one of the teachings that he himself had composed based on Reb Nachman's Torah. And he said it in, in the presence of Anshe Shlumeinu, Anash, like the Chevra. Achar kach nechlash beyoteh. He was so, this after Shalashus, he got so weak. Umechmat chalishuto, shamarak barchu bebeit haknesset. Umiyad nechnas litpalel tefilat ha'evit beveito. He got so weak that he couldn't stay for shul. He, all he did was stay for Baruch Hu. He heard Baruch Hu, and then he was escorted back to his house. 
and davened Mariv in his house. It's so funny how it's like they're saying he was so weak and he 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 couldn't daven Mariv in shul, but he went home and davened Mariv. It's like everything in proportion, right? <laughs> it's like we have like you know a toothache. Ah, I can't I can't daven for two weeks. Right? He's like deathly ill. He's like I just can't stay in shul for a whole minion, but I'll go home and daven Mariv, right? And he didn't knock off Mariv. Reb Nussin didn't knock off Mariv. He, he daven Mariv. I feel like a couple of years ago you gave us this teaching about this mysterious or amazing shear that he gave or that Reb Nussin translated from the Shabbos's, those Shabbos's? Right. right. The, the, the last Shabbos's before he... he before he himself away. died. Right, and you actually left us dangling like you never really got to the end of it and then came COVID. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll go back to my notes. <laughs> but anyway, it was about this time of, that you were telling us this amazing story about this, what he gave over and how oh. it was like, how he didn't give it over directly, but Reb Nossen gave it over and how did he know what he was thinking and does anyone oh, remember oh, what I'm talking about? Yeah, it was Rebbe yeah. Well, it was Rebbe right. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah Nachon. Right. He over this, like, L- right, this long. long right, right. Land. In Uman, he was ready in Uman. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He was ready in Uman. <laughs> right. He also <laughs> he also left everyone dangling. I think that was the Torah of the Shabbos after Shabbos Nachmu. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to go back to it. Wow. You know, when you hear stuff like this, you have to be on your... <laughs> you have to be on your game. <laughs> wow. You gave the right answer. Huh? I have to go back. Uh, yeah? Right? It's those people who try and no. walk their way through something. No, no, no. That no. It doesn't work. It's not the first time that I feel... Account- yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. Not with this clever. Not with this chavah. Yeah. Okay. I hope this doesn't make you feel like a... I mean, I hope that this shear gives a little bit of a... You know, less dangling. Yeah, for sure. No, it's all good. It's all good. It's more than good. Yeah. You, do you know that... She, do, you, do you guys know who she is? Does anyone understand that this is a woman that started tuning into Facebook Live when we were doing we're learning shears and the, with the men... It was what time was it? You were living in Portland. Yeah, yeah. It was like two o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. Uh, that's how we met, and then she she makes Aliyah a few months later. <laughs> oh my God. A year later. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. Amazing. And she schleps out from Yushalayim to here, and it's unbelievable. Okay. Mamish. I mean, this is clever. It's mishpacha. Bederech hiducho pagash beechad beanashav. B'shem Rebbe Yaakov. As he was walking, I guess as he was walking home, he met Reb Nassim, as he was walking home from that barcho after Mariv, he met one of his chevres, his name was Rebbe Yaakov, and he called out to him, Karal Evro, Yankul, Ayagot feared ois, Nachon shashemit barach menatzeach tamid. Isn't it true that God always wins? Okay, I want to talk about this for a second. Because I got a call two months ago from someone, a very dear friend, going through a lot with someone else. And listen to this. This is very strong. What bothered this person so much is that they didn't feel like they were being wronged, but they felt that Hashem was losing. And they wanted Hashem to be winning. And when you look at life from that perspective about Hashem, does your name become greater than this, than the, in this dispute? you're able to put your own inyan to the side. Like if you could really say, if you're in a machloket with someone, and you say, Hashem, it hurts me that I don't feel like you're winning, then what you're able to do, easily, more, more easily than not, is to really put your, your own ego out of the picture. Because if you want, you can't disguise it and be like, you know, really it's about you. But I really, I just want Hashem to be winning. To really say those words, I want Hashem to be winning. It's very much putting yourself at sida, and making the ikar really about the nitzachon of Hashem. So here Reb Nassim leaves the shul and he says, Yankel, isn't it true that Hashem always wins? What does that mean? Klomar. 
שעל אף חלישותו זכה בעזרתו יתברך לומר תורה לפני אנשי שלומנו. That despite his weakness he merited to say Torah before our Hevra. Meaning that was a nitzachon of Hashem, Reb Nassim says, not his own nitzachon. He felt that even though he was so weak, but he was able to give over some divrei Torah, that Hashem was winning. What a beautiful thing. And this is how he was hinting to this person, a famous statement that Chazal tells us in Pirkei Avot, If you want something, nothing stands in the way of what you want. But the thing is, what do you want? Do you want to win? Or do you want Hashem to win? I think that explains a lot of the trouble we have here in this country. A lot of people want Israel to win. But Israel has become a, just this national identity. What about Hashem winning, right? And when we get strong and we don't fear, have any fear from anything, God helps and you can do anything in the world. When you remember, nothing stands in front of the Ratzon. Like it's when you have to understand something. I have to understand something. We all have to understand this. Nothing stands in the path of your will. Whose will? Right, right. And that you need to dive in your whole lives to understand and know for certain what that really, what that truly is. Afterwards, he's doing Avdallah. He emphasized the words, Right? This is what we all go into the week. We go, you know, we leave Shabbos, we go back into the week. The first thing we say is, I am not going to be scared. He, he, he repeated this many times. This is Reb Nassim's last Havdalah. You know, the tzaddik, like we're learning this Shabbos. We had this, the whole shir last night, the Parsha shir was all about, what was Yaakov Avinu really leaving as a will, as a last will and testament, when he knows, he knows he's on his way out, what did the tzaddikim leave for us to hold on to? So of course Reb Nassim knew this was his last Shabbos, his last Avdala. He's around his family and he's saying, Velo efchad, velo efchad, velo efchad. I'm not going to be scared. Remember what we learned this last time. That when Reb Nachman, Reb Nassim first got close to, uh, when, when Reb Nassim first got close to Reb Nachman, the whole dream that he learned from him, but Rabbi Nachman told him, don't, be, don't have any fear at all. At all. Now, Rabbi Nachman died years before Rabbi Nassim died. And you know how badly Rabbi Nassim had to remember those words, don't have any fear at all? Mm-hmm. Anyone that's ever learned anything about his life knows that the years, his life was really horrible. It was the best, because he had, he was drinking from the fountain of all fountains. But big time, like really tsar. His life, was, his life was really, really difficult. If you can get through the first few chapters of Through Fire and Water and then read the rest of it, you'll see. It's a very, very difficult life. And he walked the streets of this world. You know, he went his whole life until his last day. Really, with that first initial statement here from Rabbi Nachman, you cannot have any fear enter you. And if you do, you have to work on it. You have to manage, make sure that that's something you learn how to call it out as being an illusion. Al tefachid, right? This hora'a, this instruction, don't have fear. Tova umo'ila, me'od avur kol echad ve'echad. This is beneficial and good for each and every one of us. This is kind of what we were speaking about last time. Kasher adam matchil alechet bederech ha'yeshara. I start to walk the straight path, the holy path, the righteous path. And I take upon myself certain things I didn't do before. I invite a little bit more of holiness into my life. Think about those words. 
inviting a little bit more of holiness into my life. Miyad mitlave elava baldavar. Baldavar, like Rabbi Shlomo would call it, brother other side, comes and says, hey, I'm going to take a walk with you. Come, I'm going to take a walk. I see you want to be holy. I have some etzas. Come, I'm going to tell you how to be a, tell you how to be really holy, right? You it's right there. Whenever I take upon myself something, and then he starts taking a walk with you and starts to take you astray off the path of the invitation of Kedusha that you invited into your life. Always, right away. Can you really take this upon yourself? And then the famous one. How is the rest of your family going to fit in with what you're taking upon yourself? Well, that's probably, that's probably the one that's the most difficult one. Because it sounds, and, and, even, and there is something in that, but, it's, but not really, not in the panemius of it. Meaning there really is something in that taina. How is the rest of the family going to take it? But that's still on the outside, because I have to believe that if I do it in a way that's not threatening, if I do it in a way, I have to daven Hashem, I want to get close to you, but the last thing in the world is I, want, is that I don't want my family to feel foreign from me, that they see that I'm inviting more Kedusha into my life. So I have to do whatever I can to pray to Hashem with all my koch, please let it be, be in a way that doesn't instill any fear about how are people around me going to take it. That's a very deep tefillah. I can relate to that as Baal Tshuva. Because mm-hmm. I'll never forget when I decided to start covering my hair. Yeah. And my mother said, looked at me and said, really? Right. And I said, would you rather I be a drug addict? Mm-hmm. Right. Would you rather I be an mm-hmm. alcoholic? I think I found something good in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by Baal Tshuvas, I'm sure, but you know something? By FFBs, it's actually, sometimes it's even crazier. I'll tell you why. Because when you invite more Kedusha into your life, but you grew up in a home that identified as religious, then you taking on something that was more than what you grew up at home kind of is kind of telling your family you weren't didn't re- you, you, you weren't really on, yeah. It's yeah. threatening. Very, yeah. very. Huh? So just two interesting stories. I heard a podcast yeah. next week, which I think is one at 1840 that you... Oh, I love that I think one. that's what it was. Yeah. And somebody said they were really off the derech. Like, mash off the derech. What happened? They stopped going to Minyan for Masa and Marv. Oy vey, oy vey. Oh my God, that's off the derech. <laughs> Of main so top, yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't even handle it. I think my father tried to be more religious, but never told anyone. That's so deep. It was, wow. I was, I was deep. <laughs> Why? I was a girl. Because he just wasn't sure. He wanted to make the commitment. So he just oh, oh not meet sad that he didn't want to make you feel. I'm saying it's deep because I, I thought... I don't uh-huh. know what it was. He didn't want to make anybody else like they had to follow suit. But also just was sort of not sure how to navigate within the family structure because... We went to shul, but then you went to the mall. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't so... Mm-hmm. And he never came with us to the mall. And uh-huh, uh-huh. So it was just interesting seeing how yeah. the evolution happens and how people around you really are affected. Mamash. I think that people that have some kind of an identity and they're very proud of it and they think that you also are proud of what they gave you, but then you come to a stage in life like... Said I'm not knocking it, but I think there's... For me, there's more. So for the... That's why we have to have such cover. We have to be so delicate about chas v'shalom not making it seem like we're k'fui tova. How do you say that in English? K'fui tova. Ungrateful. Ungrateful, yeah. Mm. For what, what was given, because they really, you know, they really did the best that they mm. could in a world. <coughs> for many of you. Know. We had a, a, a halacha class where every time he taught us a new halacha, Rabbi, oh my God, Eberman, yeah. he was his name, he would say, at the end of this class, no one goes back to their room mm. and finds any dear mom. Or dear <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, because there is this, but you know why? Because there is this, when we, when we do learn of something, we want to go in and in, in, listen to this crazy story. This is a crazy story. It has to do with this. Mamish, this thing about like, the, the Satan knows I could tug on this thing and I could break down the whole building of you inviting holiness into your life. So someone I knew that, that um, was becoming more interested in Yiddishkeit and they were in my... It was before I was married. They were in my bedroom. They were in... Yeah, 
they were in my uh, they were in my room where I, that I had in my parents home and there was a book on the shelf called why be jewish I said okay that's interesting you know that book yeah. why be jewish um so I don't remember when I picked it up, but whatever interests me once I, I had it. So he opens up the book, and he, and he looks at me, and he looks like he turns purple. He closes it. He's like, is this, for, is this dated? Meaning, is this, is this book date? Is this still relevant, this book? Like, is this mamash tamim? I said, yeah. He said, I'm going to kill my father. I said, why? So... I already knew, basically, once he looked at it, I said to myself, I cannot believe I didn't hide this book. Mm-hmm. Because one of the chapters, chapters in there is why a Kohen can't marry a convert. This guy's a Kohen, and he married a convert. Mm-hmm. And his father did, probably did know, but he was, whatever, he didn't say anything. But I was so nervous that he was going to actually learn more, because really... The convert that he married was not a halachic conversion, which means she's not even Jewish, right? right. Which means that he, well, first of all, he's not even married. Not Second of all, can he even marry her if she converts? No. So what do you do? Wow. Now, this is like him trying to become more frum. <laughs> right? It's a crazy situation. I asked a lot, I mean, I've been, I asked a lot of Rabbanan about this situation because they already have kids, too. So what are the kids? The kid, the greatest pride in life he has is when he duchens with his sons. But, mamish, this one is just, this, I said to him, I said to him, I said to him, you come from Holocaust, but this is Hitler. No, because the, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we know someone yeah. else, or son-in-law, his father, the married convert, and the conservative, and he kept arguing with the rab, why can't I have the Kohen Aliyah, my son's bar mitzvah? Right? Yeah. I've been waiting my whole life, because yeah. I had the one boy. I've been waiting my whole life for this, right. why can't I have it? And he just, he was like so stubborn, he couldn't. No, this is the stuff. This is the stuff you have to have, but you have to realize, like, I feel like I hear Ibn Nassim screaming even stronger, like, meaning there are a lot of things that until Mashiach comes, we can't figure out. There's this we can't figure out, but don't be scared, like, don't don't let that paralyze you and say, if this can't work out, then nothing can work out. But that's what the Baldavar, that's what the other side is coming. He's like, look, I showed you, I told you. If you you wouldn't have taken this on, if you wouldn't have been more interested in learning more, you wouldn't have found out about all these things that are now problematic for you in your life. You see? You see what happens when you invite holiness into your life? You see what happens? You needed to get confused. You couldn't just keep it simple and not get too from, you know, this... This voice is very loud. Mm. It's a very loud voice. Reb Nassim. So he, what do you do with people that, that, became, that became religious after they were already married and they were a Kohen? Well, that, like they we said before, I mean, that, in that situation, in that situation, <laughs> I'm sure the Rav Paskin for them, that, listen, it happened, it happened actually. I mean, they didn't know better. You can't blame them. It happened here. No, but sometimes they do know better. Sometimes they know better. Well, it has to be... Rabbi Riskin has dealt with this. I've dealt, I've, <laughs> I was just going to ask you. What I've, Riskin I've dealt with this, this many times with, with Rabbi Riskin, with, with specific cases. <clears throat> each Rav has his own way of dealing with these things. The point, I don't want to get into like how each Rav deals with it. The point is that we have to realize, life, it, life is greater than this moment that seems that is unsolvable. Right now, when something seems, seems unsolvable, it's like, En, akol gamu. It's all done. There's nothing to do. That's not true. It's, not, it's absolutely not true. Think about it with our children when we, we see there is nothing working with our children in a school or whatever it is. Okay, there's nothing that seems that it's working right now for this child to learn or not learn, whatever. But it's not unsolvable. It's just in this moment, there's no petach. But there's so much other good, good and beautiful things happening that I have to just not be scared this will also figure out its way. Lo lefached. Lo lefached. Okay, let's go back inside. 
Again, Hora'azo in this, in this middle paragraph, Hora'azo al tefached tovah mo'ilah me'od avur kol echad ve'echad. So this statement, and I know I'm saying it very loosely, don't be scared. It's like people live in such fear and trepidation and someone's going to say to them, don't be scared. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Obviously, you know, <laughs> oh, I just didn't know I wasn't supposed to. Okay, I won't. Now I won't be scared. By the way, you know, sometimes that actually is, is what opens the gates. Like when I just like hear, oh, I'm not supposed to do this. So I'm just not going to be scared. Oh my God, wait a second. I'm not shackled by fear. I, don't, I actually don't have to be scared. Wow. What an eye-opening. It's amazing. Over and over again, it's beneficial to everyone. It's not as easy as when you're, you know, like the, the discernment in a halacha. Well, actually, you're not supposed to pour the water out in the sink, or, you know, that right. when my son's house, like, they had to finally put the colors up. You're not supposed to pour the water in the sink. Like, it's not as easy as shifting in that moment of that emotion. If it was easy, there would be no such need for Rabbi Nachman in this world, mm-hmm. where all these Torahs were learning. Mm-hmm. So I start walking on the straight path. Again, the other side comes and says, let's take a walk. And he tries to take me aside and take me off what I, what I invited into my life. And he starts to convince me with all these different claims. How could you accept this upon yourself? Your family is going to start thinking you lost your mind. Or you're going to get weak if you take on more things. I'm very worried about your health. Remember we spoke about this last time. You're like, really, do, do not wake up that extra half hour in the morning to maybe like, you know, meditate or do some breathing or, or say some tehillim because that extra half hour could actually really damage your health. So I'm just worried about your health right now. Like, really holy, Taina. Mitzat chaverecha. Listen, do you still want to be close to your friends? Yeah, even though Lutzeder, you have to just, it is what it is. You, you know, the chaver get together, they, they, they use foul language, and they, it's life of meaningless, but you think God wants you to become estranged from other neshamas? Like, it has all these different, like, you want your neighbors to start thinking you're, you're crazy? Ooh. He puts on you all these different things that confuse you, that tell you you can't really live. You can't take on what you've taken on. And at that moment, a person needs to hear, maybe not in Yiddish, but in Hebrew, You need to just hear that at that moment. Not, but, not, not, but you have to realize, I want you, if you're able to, to do this in your life, I don't want you to, to hear that, those words with like an angry scream. Al tefached. It's with a smile. Al tefached. It's okay. Al tefached. Al tefached. I think the sentence, Hashem T, from last week, really helped me when I said Al tefached. Hashem T. Right. That was much more powerful right. than just saying al but Hashem that's the... Thank you, Nachon. That's what we did last week. week. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Nachon, so beautiful. Thank you so much for reminding us. Right, Hashem imcha al tefached. Hashem is with you, don't be scared. If I just say don't be scared, it's like, okay, I still feel alone. No, Hashem itcha al tefached. Different ballgame, thank you. Now, I, I have to say that I think because of World War II and because of the effect of Poland and Germany on the way that we even think about this Tkufa, so there was, we don't have that much of a, we don't, that, we don't have as much of a regishu towards, you know, communist Russia and that Tkufa because we were kind of, a little bit overwhelmed with, you know, ovens and gas chambers. So it's like, it's okay. But really, communist Russia, if you start to learn a little bit about what that was, that was walking hell. No, there's no other word to say it. Walking, living, breathing hell. The stuff, I'm learning a little bit about the lives of this tzaddik, it's like Bender, others of the chevra from his time, 
what they went through in, in communist Russia. Also, if you open up any of the memoirs of the Babacher Rebbe, of the previous Babacher Rebbe, the Fidiker Rebbe, what communist Russia was like, Mama, this stuff like Hashem Ishmor. What was in communist Russia? So this is just on the outside. How did it begin? You no, no more yeshivas. You can't learn your own learning. You can't learn your Torah. You have to go and learn apikorsus. Can you imagine? Do you, do you know how bad... You know how like we have like five different schools to choose from and we think like it's such a hard choice and it is, right? Can you imagine if right now there was somehow we were living in a situation where we were forced to send our children to learn? Well, I mean, what did you say? Yeah, that, but the, the thing is, is that, I mean, this, it's a perverted way of understanding one God, but okay, let's say that's the closest we could. Can you imagine that? Can you, like, this is like, for everyone this was like this back then. Those that were scared of the future, they're always nervous about the unknown and what may happen. They said, look, I'm too scared of the, this. I'm just going to send my kids there. What's left from them? From those kids that were sent by their parents to the communist schools. What's left from them? Hashem, Hashem should save us. There were those. They didn't overthink. They didn't start making cheshbonos. They went underground. And they still kept some kind of network. Being part of the network of underground Jewish education. Whatever will be, will be. There's nothing to be scared of. That's what guided them. This dibur it saved many, many Jewish neshamas from parents that said, listen, it's true, I don't know what's going to be. This decree has come, but I know that my life depends on my, my children's lives, depend on them receiving Jewish chinuch and not, God forbid, going to learn in schools where they teach you the opposite of everything that we believe in. And the parents had Messias Nefesh for it. And they didn't have fear. And they went for it. So what's the difference between, like, Yeh Vesedeh and Al Tefechel? Because I'm thinking, in the times of, uh, before the Holocaust, so I'm sure that the people who ran away or tried to get, like, the certificate in the beginning, no, it's like when Hitler became a... So their fears, in a way, saved their, their lives, mm-hmm. rather than whole communities that said, it's going to be okay, like, maybe even Al-Tafakhed, for sure. I, I don't know, I, I don't, I can't say what went through their minds, but, and look at the result that happened there. Mm-hmm. Wait, but does Al-Tafakhed mean not to be proactive, though? Like, meaning... No. <clears throat> I think that's, that's the distinction. Al-Tafakhed doesn't mean don't do anything. It means you'll know what to do, but al that could be it. Don't be scared. Do what needs to be done. Yeah. Again, but but the truth is, we're we're touching upon something that is only Mashiach can come and solve like what happened with 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 that, right? For but for Lamaisa, for our lives, it's like don't be scared to do whatever you know needs to be done. Al tefachid. They did it. Yeah, but look what happened. You know, exactly. The huge, like the risk of sending your children, like still operating, uh, you know, this is what the Babach Rebbe was put into jail for, the Friedrich Rebbe. He was sentenced to death for this. It was a serious criminal offense. Okay, Zichurani, third line. I remember, he says, because he was back then, this tzaddik, he was back in communist Russia. Shegam anashim gdolim. They were great people. 
When he says great people, he means, you know, Rabbanim. It's not worth fighting against them because we can't win, right? They said to us, what are you going to gain? You're going to be sent to Siberia and your children, Hashem Yirachem, are what they're going to be sent to, right? Mutav, it's better. Your children, Benkach or Benkach, are going to be sent to Shema. They're going to be, become completely, um, uh, how do you say, completely, uh, what's the word? No, but like, but it doesn't, assimilate it, thank you. They'll be completely assimilated anyway. Whether you send them to school or you don't, your kids are going to be taken from you anyway. So you may as well save yourselves by just agreeing to send them to school. This is simply because they didn't take inside their hearts the simple language of the Rebbe. Like we said before. Like we said before. Remember, we learned this last time? Arura Zeresh. Eshet mafchidi. There's a klipa that's called, and a klipa means a shell. A klipa means a divider. And people used to laugh at me. You're from klipafornia. Everything there is in a klipa. Everything there is fake, fake. Everything is not real. What's shown to you is not real, but in fr- but it looks like it's real because it's in front of your eyes, right? So. I have to say because it's funny because it's not true because he's such a tzaddik. They used to say about Klippa Schmelzer. You know? <laughs> no? You don't know what I'm talking about? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is a Klippa. It's my wife. It's, my, it's something I'm close to. And it, it's something so close to me and instilled within me such fear. Hazorat pachad bilvavot. Planting seeds of, of pachad in our hearts. Now, again, I want to go back to the beginning of Shia today. What does it mean, again, What does that mean to us? Remember what we said in the beginning of Shia? That since God designed the world in a way that I never know what's going to be, it cannot be, emuna means that it cannot be that God designed in the way that it's supposed to be fear, I'm supposed to live with fear. It just can't be. It's not the Hashem that I, I can believe in. So now, let's go back to these words. What does it mean, What are we generally f- fearful of? Like, what scares us the most? Death. Huh? Death. And death is the greatest unknown. Death is the greatest unknown. P- future pain or current pain? Future pain. Future pain. Unknown. Unknown. What else? But somehow, like, the fact that there are unknown good things doesn't, like, fill me with, wow, I have no idea what's going to be, but because I know good things are coming, I feel so good. No, very, very few people live like that. Generally speaking, the unknown, the day after, not even the day after tomorrow, the second after this one, puts within me pachad. But that's true about everything in life. Even when I make good decisions and I send the kids to the right school, do I know what's going to be? I don't know. Please. Even after I make good decisions in life. I'm always there. That, but, so what, but we have to have escorting us within every decision we make that stands before us is that even if I have pachad, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not going to change what I'm going to decide to do in this world. You could have it, but don't, don't, let that, don't, don't let that be the decisive factors in your decision making. Because... Most people are they're stuck. Nachon. 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 Kedai Fenster talks about um, outcome obsession, hmm. which is exactly this. Because we're like, oh, if I do this, then this is going to happen. But we don't know. And that it, it's paralyzing. It causes us such anxiety. And, and then nothing ever happens. That's such a strong Russian. Out, what did you call it? Out- outcome obsession. Outcome obsession. Wow. Really and, and it's, and it's what a strong. Go. Letting go. 
Oh, everyone should listen to Gedalia. Everyone should listen to Gedalia. You should listen to him for a few weeks and then go and see what he looks like. He looks like a Colombian drug dealer. I'm not kidding. He looks like a Colombian drug dealer. It's the, it's the wackiest thing. I was in Los Angeles. I was doing a Shalosh Shodis. And there was all this chavra there. It was so beautiful. Then, comes in, then some guy comes in. And he looks like... I couldn't tell if he like walked into the wrong building. and Mamash. I couldn't tell anything. And then he comes up to me after the Shalosh Shodis. And I, want, like, I, I said... Uh, Oh, Shabbat Shalom, greetings. Like, I, want, I was like, sabbatical salutations. It's like, a <laughs> yeah. What comes out of his mouth? No, this is, like, the words like that. Listen, if you think, he has the power, he has this gift of even taking this concept. Outcome obsession means you really don't trust Hashem. You don't trust that, this, you live in pachad of making the wrong, there's no, you know. And it's all based on the Rebbe's Torah, by the way. Gedalia's, all his Torah, everything, everything is, 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 is really. Like, my devoted to today, and it came down to me. Because yeah. I yeah. literally yeah. write it in the morning at 4.30, my shirim. Nachon. He also just lost his son. Yeah. His teenage son. And like the, oh, yeah. the classes he ate after mm-hmm. yeah. are the highest. But everything, I mean, it came out, everything is online. Where do you get them? Spotify. Spotify. And now you can listen at one point at whatever speed you want. I encourage everyone. No, what? Speed it up? No. 1.2 is good. <laughs> 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 find your, your speed. How much time do you have? Less than Hebrews. I met someone last week that I understand why there's actually 0.5. He was the fastest, fastest, his name is Rabbi Eitan Feiner from the White Shul in Farakaway. It was the fastest Divrei Torah I ever heard in my life. Quicker than the quick doff? Much quicker. It's no, no, it's really ridiculous. It's it's really ridiculous. So my husband says that anyone speaks Hebrew. Right. <laughs> it's like slowing down. All right, so let's let wrap this up for today. So, um, if if you can, just t- turn the page and do the bottom paragraph. I just wanted to get to the bottom paragraph, and we'll finish this up. Hamniot cheshek. You see the bottom over there. Rabbeinu kotev meforash. Rabbi Nachman writes in the Kutei Maran. Simon Samech Vav. Shehameniot habaot el haadam einan ela kedel lehagbir et hacheshech. You have to remember this. Why shouldn't you be? A, why shouldn't you be scared? Because you have to remember. Do you have it inside? Yeah. Why shouldn't you be scared? Because you have to remember one of the Rebbe's words. You have to remember a lot of Rabbi Nachman's words, but one specifically. Meniot. Meniot, that means stumbling blocks, were placed in order lehagbir et hacheshek, which means to elevate, to arouse passion to want to be close. Mm-hmm. This is also the DNA of this world. This is how it works. Through a stumbling block that's in front of you, you long more for not having a stumbling block in front of you. Like the when you show something, you show a sweet to a child, candy to a kid, and right away you hide it. Right? You show a kid a lollipop, and right away you, you, you hide it. The kid will want it more and run after it. You think there's any difference between us and a baby when it comes to what we want? The more things are hidden, the more something that you know exists is hidden from you, this is what happens. More maniot. It's only there to take cheshek, a drive. A drive. You know, you see people that have a drive for life. If such a, I sat with someone last week in the shuk in Machanayuda. The whole conversation was, 
I can do anything and I don't have to work because I'm very, I'm very wealthy and I live in shackles because I don't have any drive for anything. My kids are taken care of. Everything's fine. But I live in hell, he said to me. I don't have a drive. Nothing. There's no drive. There's no cheshek. The greater something is that's in front of you, then the meniyah, what prevents you to reach it, is greater. And then the cheshek can grow even more. And when a person knows this, they strengthen themselves in light, in front of the stumbling block. You call it out for what it is. You say, I know this, like the PSS Nadeva says this also in the Eish Kredish. He says, when a person realizes that sars come to his life, it's because Hashem says, is really saying, I miss you. Mm. I miss hearing from you. You can call it out. You have to call it out for what it is. If you can call it out, if you can take yourself out of the thing itself, but look at it, like zoom out, right? He says the pachad doesn't tofes its makom. It doesn't consume you at all. It doesn't take any space of you. And now you can reach exalted levels with Avodat Hashem, Daika, and it's Dafka because Can you imagine reaching a stage in life that you could approach Mr. Pachad and say, thank you so much. Can you imagine that? That's Gan Eden in this world. That you could look into the eye of what causes you fear and Mamish be able to say, you have no idea how much you helped me wanted so much more that which I want right now. So Hashem Yisbarach should help us. Help us. And we should help ourselves by davening over this like our life depends on this. And we should remember Bezrat Hashem Yisbarach. Anytime there's a pachad in your life. A pachad, and I'm not, I just want to make another distinction. I'm not talking about inyanim that have to do with clinical medical situations, which you've heard me a million times. I'm the, the greatest, biggest fan and chassid of people taking the help that they need. Not, this is not the kind of pachad we're talking about, okay? Some would say it is. I don't. But Hashem should help us, though, but it's things that it's be'adayim shelanu, right? It's just a matter of stepping out, being Hashem should enable us to zoom out and then when we can zoom back in, have the koch to thank the pchadim that we had in life, which really led us to where we're hopefully, Bezat Hashem, moving more and more closer towards, and that's a world that's free of concealment, and a, a world of just gilui, of revelation from Simcha and good health. Yeshukayach, everyone. <laughs>